Mike Douglas is Michigan's retirement coach. And I'm Heather Branch here with Mike. We are talking about ways that you can work to better prepare for your financial future. Lifeplanwealth.com. That's where you can go to begin your own conversation with Mike and his team. Again, it's lifeplanwealth.com. Mr. Douglas, you and I could go on and on and on and on about the laundry list of companies that have gone belly up. I feel like it's, I mean, it's been over the last 20 years, but the past five to 10 years, the things that we have seen go out of business, most recently, my heart breaks, Bed Bath & Beyond. Oh, yeah. Now they're just beyond. They're (laughs) burned. They're just gone. Burned. Coming quick from Mike Douglas. Remember that movie Click where the whole thing was like, they're like, what is in the beyond? And they go to the beyond and they find all this weird stuff inside there. Okay. I've literally never seen that movie. Adam Sandler. That's why I've never seen that movie. I think there's one Adam Sandler movie in my life that I've loved. And it's when he wasn't being funny. It was Spanglish. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Right? Isn't that the way? And yep. no disrespect to Adam Sandler. I just, it, it, you know, everybody's got their choices when it comes to the, the comedians they like. Mm-hmm. Um, we digress. So the idea of businesses going belly up, they it seems to be more regular. It happens more and more. I mean, and I blame, I do, dear Amazon, I use you every day, but I blame you for everything. <laughs> they ruined the whole thing. I used yeah. to like to go shopping and it touch stuff and feel stuff. And now it's like, well, I could go spend however long it takes me to search the stores for this thing. And, and But really, Amazon will give me the exact thing I'm looking for in a matter of two hours in some cases. Yeah. Uh, the recent most upsetting headline, Tupperware, y'all. Tupperware could be facing the inevitable for almost 80 years is this the company that you would put, wait, do you hear the little fart, the Tupperware fart noise when you're closing the lid? Isn't that the thing? <laughs> I think so. It's, seriously. You burp it. We, yeah. yeah. Burp it. That's the better way to put it. Yeah. Not fart. Okay. Uh, for almost 80 years, Tupperware has been a leader in the plastic storage container business for the home. And recently, NBC News published a story that Tupperware was, I'm not sure who you have to tell we're in trouble the big thing that caught my eye with this whole story, though, is Tupperware is in trouble despite having a quarterly global sales of over a billion dollars. <laughs> In their most recent quarter, they lost $28.4 million thanks to things like higher costs, inflationary pressures, lower sales. Still see more than a billion dollars in quarterly global sales. And if a company with $4 billion in annual sales can go belly up, could we not assume that the same thing could happen to one of us who has worked really hard and saved a lot for our retirement? Then we get there, maybe it lasts longer than we thought it would. Maybe it's more expensive than we realized. This is what can happen when you don't have the right plan in place. Is it not, sir? Well, it's crazy to think. It is. It's the exact thing that can happen when you have a plan. It's crazy to think about a company like Tupperware because it is one of the cheapest luxuries in life to get a new set of Tupperware. Like there is no, it's such a good feeling, (laughs) more amazing feeling than when you, one, you get rid of all these lids that you don't have bottoms for that are all messed up and and you, you gut the whole drawer and you go invest like $80 and it feels like you just spent $500, but you say now, Oh my gosh, I have this new Tupperware. Now it's teal and not this old red, or it's this new color that fits our new thing. It's not stained. I'm never going to let this drawer get unorganized again. (laughs) And you are so passionate about it. Uh And then 
then all of a sudden now we hear about this. And it's a consumer staple, right? Like we will always need to store food. We yeah. will always need to hang on to this. And it's one of those brands where the brand name became the name for the product, kind of like Kleenex. And Xerox. Xerox, right? These brands that yeah. we have that the, the brand name became the name the for the brand yeah. category. Yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. it's crazy to think that that company can go out of business. Yep. And how can they have such a huge decline? Well, no one is immune to a recession. No one is immune to hyperinflation. No one is immune to the cost of living going up so rampantly. And when you think about something like that, it's not a difficult make. And so I would have never thought that Tupperware would be a discretionary spend. Mm -hmm. But it is. It's one of those things that fall victim to, do we need it this quarter? Do we need it now? And more and more, we're seeing this shift. And so this is one of those things where, I think about companies, and we said there's a lot of them out there that we know the names if we think about them, but we don't realize we don't see them anymore. Companies like Kodak, companies, there's a lot of them out there that just, oh, yeah, that was a major part of our life, and now it's just gone. Kodak is a great one, because if you go back 50 years from now and you were to say Kodak as a brand will not exist 50 oh, years from now. Yeah, you would get yeah. laughed out of the room. Well, Kodak is the camera company, the ca- the film company, the camera production company, and all they had to do was jump on board with digital photography. But instead, they dug their heels in like a good company should and said, oh, we'll never change. This is who we are. And all of a sudden, they got passed by by every cell phone on the planet. Yep. And so now it's a company that's in the past. It's an archive. And my kids, if I say Kodak, they don't even know what that they means. They don't know what it is, yeah. And so that's the challenge. You have to have this foresight to think of not just what it looks like today, but what are things going to look like in the next five 10, 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. And there's a wide range of what that could mean. So as it specifically relates to retirement, it's what will taxes be in the future? What is my cost of living going to be in the future? What if 2% inflation is gone? And now I have to deal with three and a half to 4% inflation. It's not, what's the term they use, but it's not like a transitional. It's not a temporary thing. What if higher inflation, transitory, transitory, yes. What if it's not transitory? What if inflation is going to be three and a half to 4% for the next 20 years? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I've always been using two and a half percent or three percent. Right. But that doesn't work anymore. And so now what do we need to do to adjust the plan? Because oftentimes you can make these slight adjustments that shift you one way or the other. And as a result, you get a long term compounding effect of growth in adaptation to the future. But if you're only looking at today, you miss that. There was a great uh, show that was on it was on A&E, I believe. But it was called The Men Who Built America. Mm-hmm. And the whole documentary, it was a multi-episode documentary, maybe 10 episodes or so, five, five to 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. But it was great. It was talking about the transition America went through from after the Civil War through our own kind of industrial revolution we went through mm-hmm. when you have um, Vanderbilt, Rockefeller, Carnegie, mm-hmm. all these different people who took us from a company of consumers to a company of producers and exporters and how they had the brilliant foresight to see what was coming. Cornelius Vanderbilt, he owned the greatest fleet of ships in the country, and he basically controlled all the waterways, and he was the number one mover of product around the country. And then he realized, if I build railroads, I can get across the country in a fraction of the time it takes me to ship around the waterways to get there. Mm -hmm. So then he sold his fleet of ships. It was considered an idiot. He was going crazy. He's lost his mind. Because he knew that there was something better coming down the line, and he decided to dump everything into that. Now, we don't want to just jump ship like that 
pardon the pun, we don't want to just abandon what we've done, but we need to be looking around the corner and saying what's in front, what are the things we can't see but we should be aware of, yeah. and building a plan that's designed to evolve and grow, not just to dig your trenches in and say, I've always invested this way, I will always invest this way. Well, that's going the way the dinosaur. You know, yeah. you want to make sure you're staying up on what's happening moving forward. Right. Okay, so speak to the conversations that you have then, talking with folks in your office. Give us an example of a situation you've been in. You say to people, right, they come to you, they say, here we are, we are 60 years old, we're planning to retire in the next year to five years. Here's our money, now what? What is this conversation about not getting left behind, looking forward, how does that play out? Yeah, we always start, when you build out a plan for the future, you always want to start off with the model of what do you want it to look like? And from there, you reverse engineer. Because depending on how they want life to look determines what they need to do to invest. If they want to travel the world, that's a different budget than those who want to stay at home. Mm-hmm. If you want to do all these things. And so a lot of times we have clients come in. I just sat with someone uh, last week. Mm-hmm. When she came in, I said, let's talk about the stocks you own. Why do you own them? Because I inherited them. Okay, well, when you inherited them, were they ever reevaluated? Did you sell anything? Did you gain anything? What did you do? I just left them because my parents bought them and it seems like they're a good idea. Hmm. Well, then we went through and some of them were some of them. And I, I don't dispute value when you buy something at a low price and you can sell it at a high price. That's a gain. There's also a tax consequence to that. Right. And so we went through this whole portfolio, a couple million dollars. And as we navigated each individual position, we said, does this still make sense? Is this still something we want to believe in moving forward? The investments, are they going to be a good position with the future? So we had to go through line by line because she had never looked at it. So as we went through her story, she's someone who inherited money from her parents Mm -hmm. in the last three years, went through a pretty rough divorce, went through some difficult things in her life. Mm -hmm. And as we went through it all, she says, I've never had to map this out for myself. So as we look at those plans and we say, how does this affect you moving forward? How does this change your future? Mm -hmm. Well, all of a sudden she had to get a quick education on how to look around corners and how to see things for the future. And as we walked through the steps with her, It's not one of those things where, hey, you've got a lot of problems. Good luck. Right. Mm -hmm. We went through and said, here's what we see as opportunities. Here's what the strengths are of your portfolio. But here are some opportunities and here are some weaknesses. And as we went down the line, we said, what are the biggest things that you could grow from and evolve from? And as we built that plan out for her at the end, she said, man, this has been like getting a like a college education in how to invest. And I said, that's the thing. Now that it's on you. And there's nobody else. It's not your parents' money. It's not you and your husband's money. Now it's just your money, and you have to live off of this. We need to be educated on the future. So we went through, and it was not a quick process, several long meetings, because you have to move at the speed of understanding, not at the speed of comfort for the advisor. So we went through at the speed of understanding, made sure we reviewed whatever needed to be reviewed. And by the end of it, she says, I get it. It's making sense. And then she was able to make some informed, educated decisions, not even me saying you need to do this. But she says, wouldn't it make sense for us to do this? And I say, yeah. So from there, she went from a place of helplessness to a place of empowerment moving forward. All right. And we need to wrap up. But just real quick, before we do that, I want to ask you then just thinking about the average person that comes to you, the average middle Michigan man and woman wanting to retire soon. What would you say? Are there maybe three to five, the top three to five things that you think people are not properly factoring into, like that whole looking ahead idea? 
what would you say? Three to five things. Make sure that you are factoring these things in and looking ahead to the change. What would those be? The top things you have to factor in. Number one is taxes. Okay. 80% of all of Americans, especially in mid-Michigan, 80% of our savings is pre-tax. So when we take that money out or live off of it, it's going to be taxed. So you have to have a plan for taxes, especially knowing that taxes are going to go up in the future. Okay. The second thing you have to plan for is modern income theory. If you take income based on an old rule, rule of 4% or different withdrawal strategies from the 60s or 80s or even the early 2000s, life's a whole lot different than what it used to be. You have to have modern income planning. And the last thing is you need to make sure risk is built around you and your family's experiences and what you want life to look like, not based on a convenient algorithm or a convenient asset allocation for the advisor. It needs to be something specific to who you are because just because someone else is comfortable with risk doesn't mean I am. In the meantime, I just have to believe there are people that are savvy and are listening to this whole conversation around Tupperware going, I'll tell you how not to run out of money in retirement. You use the country crock containers like our grandmothers <laughs> taught us to. Cool Be whip. responsible. Cool whip containers. <laughs> salad bowls. People across America have saved a lot of money and tricked a lot of kids thinking that they were going to open up a treat. Oh, the, you know, the, the worst was those cookie tins, you know, those yes. that your grandmother kept sewing stuff in. Christmas cookies. Yeah. <sighs> nope. nope. <laughs> Thread needles, y'all. <laughs> Listen, the whole idea of thinking forward, looking towards what might come and having those guardrails in place in your plan, that is what is crucial to having that successful retirement. That's what Mike and his team are here to help you figure out. So if you've got questions about things like taxes, your own modern income theory, making sure your risk level is right for you. Just be sure to go to lifeplanwealth.com. You can begin that conversation with Mike and his team there. Get started on your own plan. Again, it's lifeplanwealth.com. Thanks for listening to Michigan's Retirement Coach with Mike Douglas. To learn more, visit lifeplanwealth.com. Michael Douglas is an investment advisor representative of Stewards Wealth Planning, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if Michael Douglas is licensed in your state, please call 517-323-7526. Stewards Wealth Planning, LLC is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Michael B. Douglas, NP. PN number 9650939.